It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, a man who's all that and a bag of chips and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Coach, you know, the beginning of the year, every every time there is a new year that is upon us, uh, we tend to reflect, we set goals, we assess what happened the previous year, what went right, what went wrong, and what we want to have done differently this year. Today, I wanted to bring in a former college coach who actually now works with coaches around the country on how they see themselves, but also how can they how can they deepen their value to not only their players, but to people outside their their team, their organization, and how they can actually maybe build a better brand for themselves, which if you have a better brand and you're feeling good about yourself, that's going to help your outlook. So that's who we're going to talk to today, Hernando Planels, former uh, women's basketball coach. Uh, I got to know him when he was at Duke University. And uh, he's out of coaching now in terms of day-to-day, but in a sense, he's now coaching the coaches, much like we do on the recruiting side. He does sort of on the mental outlook, mental attitude, branding side of things. Uh, And if you follow him on social media, we'll put a link in our podcast notes to all the social media that you can find him on. Uh, He really has a unique, fun approach about how to kind of approach your day as a coach, as a person. And so we wanted to uh, to bring him in since we're at the start of a new year and talk to him about how coaches can maybe reset their focus in some ways, doing some things maybe that they haven't done before and looking at ways to do that that they've never really considered before. So Coach Planels, thanks for joining us. Dan, I am excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Happy holidays, by the way. Happy New Year and everything yeah. else. But I'm, I'm excited to get this thing going. So look, we I'll, I'll jump right into it. Uh, we have coaches, and you talk to them, we talk to them, and they are struggling, many of them, not everybody, but a lot of them are struggling with this. Uh, I thought my career was going to be going differently at this point. I thought our season was going to be going different at this point. I thought my family life, relationships, the personal side of life was going to be going differently, and it's not going the way I expected. And so here we are at a new year. And I want to do something different. If I turn that over to you, you have that coach, you're having a conversation with that coach, Hernando, what do you tell them? Because they get a lot of advice. There's just no shortage of books, podcasts, uh, experts out there that are going to tell them to do uh, certain things. And and as I've looked at it, it, a lot of it sounds the same. Right. How do you take a different approach just coming from that coaching perspective and knowing the unique mindset and lifestyle of a coach that maybe introduces some other layers that the average person out in the world doesn't carry with them? How, what, what would you start talking to them about as they start uh, this this new year? Well, <laughs> that is a great question. And you're absolutely right. A lot of you know the self-help, a lot of different things you know sound the same. I would always, when I talk to coaches, I always ask them, all right, what is, tell me, what your so-called routine is like, what do you do? What are you thinking? What do you think of yourself? What has been the expectations you put on yourself? And they would go through it. And I I'd suggest coaches, uh, you know, write it down. What did you expect this year to look like? What did you expect your career to look like? I want you to write it down and then burn it, toss it in the trash, anything and everything. It, sometimes you almost have to have a total reboot on what you're looking at, 
what your outlook is. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have a routine. That doesn't mean you sit there and don't have goals or mission or expectations. It's just saying, hey, life, whether we want to believe it or not, life is fluid. Basketball, if you coach basketball, any sport is fluid within the context of the play. And many coaches I talk to always like, well, I just want my players to play. Well, if you want your players to play, then your mind also has to have some sort of switch where you can also just play in life, right? Like I would tell people, I, I wanted to coach and I wanted to be a college men's coach. I wasn't a college men's coach. I was a college women's coach. I wanted to coach in Europe, pro league. In the, I didn't coach pro league. I pro, pro approach in Asia, in Japan. Hmm. Same with the NBA. It was the NBA G League. It's always being, we teach our players to be, you know, to pivot. We have to pivot as well, too. So when we look at our lives, we say, okay, this is where we want to head to. What are we doing to give ourselves an opportunity to get there? And that means inventory of our day, inventory of our morning and night, inventory that we do with our family. And then from there, put a tailor-made program for yourself and then start executing in a way that's going to help you, number one, feel good. Because I don't care what anybody says, you have to feel good about yourself in order to perform at a really, really great level. That's just the way life is now. And that's the way our players are as well, too. So we have to adapt that. Then we just have to just take it step by step by step and then move forward. And of course, this is a generic way of looking at it, but I, sure. I didn't want to draw it out. But that's sort of what the very first thing I would talk to coaches about. Okay, so that's on a macro level, big picture stuff in terms of the way that you've been successful in helping coaches kind of move through, move forward with, uh, you know, through an obstacle or through a, a setback. And like you said, life is full of setbacks. Right. Um, and now let me drill down a little bit because yeah. as a coach is listening to this right now, he or she is thinking, okay, well, that, that, that's all great, Coach Plumell's, but, yeah. and then they'll insert their own <laughs> situation. So let me right. throw a couple at you and get like your little lightning round uh, feedback for a coach who might tell you some of these things. Because uh, there is the coach right now, for example, that is saying, you know, that's all great, but I am shocked that I'm not making much money. Right. Like I just, it's getting more expensive. They didn't raise our budget. I don't have a salary increase. Or I, I'm part-time. I can barely get by. The money thing is driving me out of either I, I should I get out of coaching because of the money thing or uh, is it do I switch places like what when it comes to money what is what is your message to a coach who is struggling with that idea right now and that's what is bringing that coach down or having him or her her uh, have have a problem with getting uh, or an obstacle in getting getting feel good about themselves right I so you have to take all right well, in that situation, that coach is not making money. Obviously, if you're the NCAA, it's hard for you to do other things within basketball to make more money. NAIA, junior college, you can do AAU, you can do whatever. Right. And those are different things, right? And on how to increase uh, uh, revenue. Right. When you are looking at yourself and saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm only making blah, blah, blah amount of money. I can't believe that coach is making so much more money. And I'm so much better than them. I beat him one time with his X and O or I beat him on the recruiting trail. Number one, you got to take your ego out of it. All right. So we got to take that part of it. Everybody can coach. So now the second part is, okay, I've got to write down the five to 10 people who I know, who know me and who would kind of think of me when a job opens. Now, 
I've talked to different coaches and coaches. A lot of coaches say, well, you got to have like three people, like three really good people who are going to be on your side. It's 2023. That barely happens, right? Because right. of social media, I could, you could reach out to anybody and build a relationship. So you've got to figure out how am I going to build a relationship with this coach or that coach? When I got the job at Duke, I did not know Joanne P. McCauley. I worked her camp and I sold her book with a smile. And I was like 34 years old working a camp selling a book that I didn't know who Joanne P. McCauley was. But what happened is that it sparked a relationship that was able to get the job. So what are you doing as a coach to spark relationships with other people? Now, you may say, well, what am I supposed to say? How do I stay in touch with someone? Well, notice what they do. Hey, I saw your game against Maryland. I saw your games, Connecticut. That was a great play you ran. You know, oh, hey, can I get like two minutes of your time and be ready to go with your questions? If they respond to an email, if they respond to a DM, then you go ahead and now the door is open and now you're slowly building sort of mm. the people around you. So now they could talk about something that's that's good for you. Right. I was uh, I took the job at William Jessup University, NAI school. I was making sixty thousand dollars a year, NAI, so I could do other things. Right. I, I was called to take the job at Illinois. I was offered the job at Illinois for a, an amazing amount of money. And but it was because I knew someone who knew someone who knew someone. That relationship. So that's one part. Yeah. You know the people. The second part is that you got to start building your brand. Like you mm. got to be on social media. And please stop copy and pasting quotes from Aristotle or John <laughs> Wooden. But we all love those so much, Fernando. <laughs> Put your Don't personality you? on it. Right. Like, right. like and you may be like, well, no one's looking. No, people are watching. They just don't press the like button. They don't press the, the heart button. Mm. But people are watching. And when you submit your resume, when you reach out to someone, when you DM someone, then they're going to look you up. And that's the thing about life, right? They're going to look you up. So now you're building your network of people and you got to get out of your, your old network. Oh, yeah, this is my friend. I hang out the final four every time. You do that. Then I take a look at my social media. I look at like, what do I need to do? Bring out your personality. You know, you're, you have a personality. Don't tell right. me you don't, you have it. So let's, let's pull it out of you a little bit. So yeah. those are the two things. Okay. So next problem. I can't coach. I I'm unhappy because I can't win here. The AD doesn't give me my budget. Our facility isn't as good as those other 10. Uh, I'm unhappy here. But, you know, I just, I either can't get another job or my wife has a job. We have to stay here. Your message to them. What would you tell your players when they say the exact same thing to you? Hmm. You know, it's, it's, we, we really do uh, talked about this earlier, Dan, is that yeah. as coaches, we, we always say positive things, but sometimes we don't live the most positive life. We allow the different things in life to affect us, which we're human. They're supposed to. Right. So what would I, what advice would I share that I have to follow? Right. If I'm going to say like, oh, I can't win here. Well, what aren't you doing? And that's a hard thing for people. I've done everything. I've done everything. Yes. There are a lot of great coaches who have lost. And maybe if you've done everything, then yeah, maybe it's time to move on, but don't torture yourself. Right. Right. Find your happiness, find something that gets you going. Right. And yes, my wife has a job. I got to stay here. Okay. Well, then what would you tell your players? You would tell your players, you make this place the best place you've ever been to. 
Mm-hmm. When I was an NAIA coach and a junior college coach, this is your division one. You want me to division? This is it. So you have to act like it. And those things, after you get at the hump of the ego being bruised, then you start acting like it and then you start feeling it and you start doing it. And then, yeah, you'll, you'll win a little bit. There's a great coach, uh, Coach Kip. He's the head coach at Willamette, Division three school. Very tough academic school. I'm telling you, this guy's been there 10 years on the court, hasn't had a whole lot of success. He recruits his butt off. He tries to get kids, super high academic school. But what he does do, he has found his happy place. And that is teaching those men to become men in his program. And now he really is becoming a transformational coach because that's what he wanted to do. Nice. Um, you know, one thing I'll add too is that I, if I hear coaches, especially coaches on the younger side, uh, and they're talking about their job, their facility, or I can't do this, or here's why I'm not successful, or I'm not happy. I get the sense that they're almost putting that up as a as an excuse. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes they're putting it up as an excuse, and they're, it's almost giving them permission to switch jobs or to quit, go do something else, which is fine. I mean, everybody has to find that place and take the opportunities. But what I've told them is, look, you have to go into every day of work, picturing yourself being in this in this office on this campus for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then it usually changes your perspective. Now you're, if this was your only job, if this was it, and you had to be here for the next 10 years, what would you do differently? And that's one thing that sometimes a little, you can see the little light go on, goes right. on and, and they, it, the attitude changes. And I think it goes along with what you just, what you just said. Yeah. And when I took the job at William Jessup, really they had some great success. NAI school, really small, about 1,800, 2,000 students, told the staff who I kept. Uh, and I said, all right, this is what we're going to do. We got to have graphics. You got to learn Canva. I already know how to use Canva. Like, co- There's no excuse for coaches now. If, if you don't have an assistant, you can make your own graphics and make your program big. You send a graphic to a kid you're recruiting, they will feel special. It could be a picture of themselves with just the background of your gym. They will love it because you are showing them attention, which in turn shows that you're showing attention to your program, which will then make you feel like this is the big time for me right now. Right, right. So last, last little micro topic I'll, mm-hmm. I'll throw out is, man, coach, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not happy uh, because I thought the season was going to be going differently. I thought this was our year. And it is either all in the court, all in the field. That's their perspective, and that's what's dictating happiness to them. Um, Your message to them. Put boundaries, right? Like sometimes we do things, well, many times us coaches, we coach the way we were coached. So maybe you're a yeller. You don't think you're a yeller, but you're a (laughs) yeller because you say to yourself, no, these kids need it. They need it. They're not as tough as they used to be. Maybe if if you changed and and toned it down a little bit, it could be helpful. Maybe you don't have to do shell drill every single day. Maybe if you just threw everything out the window of what you knew about coaching and said, how do I want to coach? I get to create how I want to coach my team and and I'm going to try it. And maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't work. But we can't keep doing the same things over and over again and thinking that, you know, something's going to change. We, there are a lot of great coaches who do a lot of great things, but sometimes less is more. And if you're an assistant coach and you're in that position, okay, what do I need to do to bring my levels up? Probably got to do something for yourself. 
You're not the head coach, but you're learning how to be a head coach. In the process, you have to keep mental clarity, which means you should do something. Go work out, go read, go write, do something. And when I say boundaries earlier, maybe you're a coach who stays in the office till 9, 10 o'clock at night. God bless you. I think that's amazing. But maybe you should go home. Maybe mm-hmm. you should go see your family. Maybe you should have dinner at 5 or 6 o'clock. Those things start changing you over time, just like any other habit. And then you realize that if I stay to the office till 10, it's the same thing if I stay to the office till 6. Because watching one more game tape may or may not help you. That all depends on you. But as a coach, you have to realize you got to take care of yourself first so you could bring your own you know, energy up, your own happiness, mm. so that you can spill that and share that with your head coach and your players. As you were talking about this, and I didn't really go in with this thought as we started talking, but all everything that you just mentioned in those three scenarios, I think does have a tie-in with recruiting because recruiting is the hardest, one of the hardest parts of running a program because you're putting your livelihood and your future and your career in the hands of of 18-year-olds and their parents or a transfer athlete and and what they're trying to run away from and maybe come into your program with. And if you don't have that attitude, that outlook that you're describing, Hernando, I think recruiting gets 30 times harder than it, than it actually is. You start doing some of the things and you start exuding that attitude, uh, that positive attitude. The recruits pick up on that. The parents pick up on that. Um, so I think there's a lot of power in what you just said that that flows into besides just happiness i think that's one of the drivers of success uh for a program so interestingly that's also flows into the next thing i want to talk to you about which is coaches building their brand mm-hmm. um you know and you know a little plug here we have we're i'm involved in a company called preseason which is a branding company for for college programs on how they brand themselves. And that does extend to coaches as well. But the reason we saw a need for that was in this work that we do with college coaches, recruiting and developing a program has gone so far beyond the X's and O's. It has gone so far. There's so many different levels to how people perceive a coach, a program, a conference, a school, um, a record, a resume. And I don't think coaches have kept up in necessarily, and schools haven't, and many athletic departments haven't kept up with what actually matters to athletes and consumers or the people that are buying these these programs and these these careers uh, at, at the college level. So we're seeing it on that side. What you're doing in your work really sort of goes to the idea of the importance of coaches developing their own personal brand. So I think coaches have heard that concept before, and it gets thrown around now a lot. Can you define, as you look at it as a former coach at the college level, what is a coach's personal brand? What exactly is that? Well, it's it's exposing your personality to the world is basically what it is, right? It's you. I do believe whether you're introvert or extrovert, we all have great personalities. We just choose to show it in the environment that we are in. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that every coach has to go in there and scream on the phone and tell like, I love you and you're having a great day, right. but it's more like saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to attract the right student athletes to my program 
because they are going to they stand for my three pillars of whatever I, I I'm right. trying to build or or I like this coach because he has a lot of energy or she does this or she stands for social injustices right all of those things are showing your personality now I have had some coaches say well I mean do I have to do this like they don't have to know my life no here's the deal your student athletes <laughs> your players want to know everything in your life. They'll hit you up like, yo, how come I didn't get, I saw you had a barbecue at your house. You, you're not going to invite one of your players, <laughs> you know, like before five, 10 years ago, right. no players don't know what's happening behind, you know, in your life. Now they want to know you. Right. So you are giving them a, a look into your family. You're giving them a look into what's going on um, in your daily life. And then they're like, wow, kids, you know, uh, these college programs put like these great two to five minute teaser videos like and they're not even teasers they're like a full-on production love it the kids aren't watching the two to five minutes mom and dad is <laughs> but like that's why tiktok's amazing like that like they want to see little snippets right and then they see you they get to know you it's like real estate mcdonald's is in real estate right we all heard the same thing mm -hmm. if they see hernando's face over and over and over again then he is trustworthy. I want to play for that guy. I want to buy his book. I want him to come by, whatever else it is. Right. But that's that's what it is. That's the, that's the art of attraction. Right. And, and that is something that I encourage a lot of coaches to do based on your personality. And we could build it so it fits your personality. Social media and branding are becoming more and more important to college coaches around the country. The resource more coaches are turning to than ever before? Preseason. Led by former coach Jason Schmidt, along with the insights and strategy from Dan Tudor, Preseason is helping coaches break through the clutter and reach their recruits in a way their competition just can't match. You should check it out, coach. Go to hellopreseason.com to see how they're doing it. And now, back to the show. Um, you said something, the way you churn branding is exposing the outside world to, or your audience uh, to, to who you are, to what you're all about. Do you believe that um, obviously exposing and showing them who you are, that's one thing. Getting them to think a certain way about you is another. And I think a lot of like, big companies like Nike or McDonald's or anybody else, they, they are trying to shape our thought of what their brand is all about or how we should perceive their brand. Is it the same way for a coach? Because I think there is a little bit of a difference in, hey, here's who I am. I'm going to lay open book and here's my barbecue and here's I'm grabbing my coffee or whatever. I'm doing a, a dance um, versus doing it but but having a purpose behind um what i want them to come away with or am i overthinking that no i i i think that gap gets bridged okay when someone gets comfortable on social media so okay for example you mentioned coffee right so if every morning or every other morning or once a week i'm showing my coffee cup in the coffee maker that's obviously telling the world that i love coffee right and there's going to be one parent or one recruit or one of my players who are going to who's going to come and bring me coffee because they're paying attention <laughs> and they're noticing right right so there's there's that part there are some stage things as well too i think when you look at coach like eric musman head men's coach at arkansas he does a great job on embedding his personality i coached against him in the nba g league like how he is is how he is he makes mm -hmm. no apologies for it whatsoever um 
so I think there's 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 that part um, as well too. And yes, there is a a um, from a marketing branding point from you know Nike and and all these other they are def they want you to buy shoes and they're going to make something so amazing in thirty seconds for you to buy shoes, right? Yes, but a lot of the kids are watching that. Parents and kids are watching coaches. They want to know. Parents want to know what you stand for. Want to know if, if you're going to take care of my baby. And and the kids just think this is freaking great. Now this person's like yelling, and I love the shoes and 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 everything else. Right. So like if you look at Marquette, Marquette is a Jordan brand. They sell the heck out of the Jordan brand because they don't want to tell where the location of Marquette is, which is a great school by the way. They also do, you know, they they've been up and down their success and they're they're they've become very good. But you know, it's those things to sell. So I think as a coach, yes, you have to say, okay, hey, I love coffee. You're going to go on this journey with me on coffee like right. every day. And, and, and so again, your your payoff for that coach cuz we are asking them to do a lot here in, in this conversation, mm-hmm. um brand yourself, put yourself out there. Yeah, but I don't want to. I who cares if I'm doing this? And we're telling them, you know, ignore that. This is this generation, right. parents and athletes, and your team and prospects. They all want to know who you are, and the payoff for them in your mind is is what? If I go ahead and do all this, I, you've 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 laid out what it is that other people are going to see and and be mm-hmm. they're, they're going to start to listen to you. Um, what if I'm a coach? Why do I want that? And that might be an oversimplified question for a branding guy like you, but right. for a coach, like walk them through what is the end result of all this that that you're sort of I, that you've seen transpire right. in people's lives, but also you know that you know philosophically the way you see it. Well, I, I think the, the before I answer that question, yeah. I would like to say that I think a lot of coach, just like when everything is new thinks that there's so much work to be done to put something out on social media. And a lot of it is because we're trying to perfect what we're putting out on social media. Mm-hmm. When the reality is, it's just like the news. Like there's so much news going on. No one really knows what's going on and no one really cares. They just know I saw your face. All right. Yeah. So there's, there's that one part of, to be honest, superficial aspect of that part. Now the payoff is, is this, if especially you know, when you're at the, well, it could be payoff for, for any coach out of any level. So let's say you're at a power five school, okay. Power five school mm-hmm. where the reality is you don't have a lot of access to those coaches. So now, and by the way, if you're a head coach at power five school, you don't need to do this. You can have your assistant do this, or you probably have something do you have a digital media person who can go ahead and get content for you and post for you as well too. So anyways, what that does is it brings, I call it face recognition. Like, oh, that guy looks really familiar. Oh, that's the coach of so-and-so. Now, if you're at a mid-major, I don't know, Bowling Green. Bowling Green, yeah. if you don't think you're mid-major, I'm so sorry. But let's say you're Bowling Green. Are you Bowling Green? No one. Who's that coach of Bowling Green? I'm not so sure. But wait a second. I think it's that person because yeah. I've seen them on social media. Yeah. It's the I guy like who likes coffee. What they do. The guy likes coffee. <laughs> the same D2, D3, NAIA. You're you're putting and so the payoff is that you're basically taking a place of real estate in the social media world, which mm-hmm. is going to attract the players that fit you because they believe in you. The other part is that over time, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people want to play. The reality is they want to play for personalities. They do. I mean, Don Staley's a personality. Mm-hmm. All right. We saw Eric Musselman is a personality. 
because those people are out there and there's this appearance. So the payoff is, yes, you could get better um, uh, uh, players. You could get the players you want. Other athletic directors who are trying to get other jobs, athletic directors, other coaches are seeing your social media. When I went to Illinois, I asked Coach Faye, Hall of Fame coach, tremendous person and, and coach. And I said, Coach, before you bring me on, you just are you OK with everything that I do? Are you OK with my social media? She goes, oh, I look through everything. Right. And this is a woman who was in her is in her 60s. Right. So so there's that part. So players, jobs, um, Sometimes you get branding deals because people love love what you're doing. And then your current players get to see you as a person because your players, your current players don't see you as a person. They see you as a person who says you're playing. You're not playing. You're good. You're not good. So they ha there has to be this human element that comes in. So your players are like and that's part of of constantly reselling them. So they stay. I want you to stay. Like, I like Coach H. You know, he's a funny right. guy, a little quirky. But you know what? I can hang around for another year with that guy. Right? Yeah. It, so yeah. all those things are payoff. But as we start this podcast, it's all fluid payoffs. It may not pay off tomorrow. It may not pay off, you know, a year from now. But there are may not pay off the way you expect it to. But there is payoff that comes full circle every single time. Yeah. And the great thing is, I mean, you gave so many good ideas just in that that follow up answer. But the, I think one of the the payoffs is uh, aside from all the all the things that you just mentioned, is that uh, and especially you mentioned that you get the players that you want because they're more attractive. You know, they they see an alignment. You're not a mystery coming in, and right. they 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 uh, get the person that they're that they're um, that they're they're really you know familiar with mm -hmm. but you said something and it sort of was a quick little line about just you're you a coach might be worried about what they're going to post or trying to make it perfect and i think especially those of us who might be a little bit older than this generation of younger coaches you know we grew up with you know the perfect tv shot the per everything you know the graphic was perfect you're still and now we've gone into a generation where people are to your point, talking on their phone so much and always on their phone and they're seeing people, they're seeing that real estate as they swish through their phone, um, that you have to be a part of that. You have right. to be in that mix. And there's coaches um, uh, who I've seen on different social media who are older, who take something very simple. There's a, there's a um, coach, uh, uh, Rich Manning, who mm. was at Utah, and uh, he's a soccer coach. Now he's at Northwestern. He's done something very simple uh, that, you know, he has on a walk every day. He walks from where he lives over to the campus, and he'll do a video of him just walking to campus and giving his thoughts on whatever, soccer, school, a life thought, you know, some sort of philosophy. Um, and, you know, he calls it his walking zone. Well, you know, so look. To your point, here's here's a coach who is you know in the in the back half of his his college career certainly um, not a flamboyant personality. Takes something as simple as walking from his house to the stadium or to his right. office at the school <laughs> on campus, and he's talking. Yeah, and nothing flashy, but you know what? I watch a lot of those, and I know other people watch a lot of those, and 
so I guess my message is that I got from what you just said, Hernando, you don't have to be some editing whiz. You don't have to have a lot of graphics. You don't have to be, if you're not a naturally funny person, you don't have to try to be funny. Just take something that's you mm-hmm. and implement it and let people in to that. And it's telling to me that, you know, as I walk around airports, I'm in a lot of airports, a lot of travel, and I see people talking on their phones on video, but people are holding their phone like sort of by their shoulder. They're not even looking at their phone. And I, if I'm walking <laughs> behind them, I'm actually looking at the person they're talking to, which right. is weird. But so like we're just now used to, we're used to hearing and seeing and seeing people at the same right. time. So the voice, you know, people listening to this podcast, uh, great. Uh, and there's some people that are into that. There's other people that have to see stuff on video. Just it seems like they should make sure they're covering all their bases and and being that presence and just letting people into who they are, even if it's something as simple as taking a walk. Yeah, and and to your point, you know, there's a lot more people Facetime would rather Facetime than call. And I noticed yeah. that when my kids were in high school, they were Facetiming me, and I was like, why are they? All right, I'll Facetime, and then. <laughs> And then I was like, you know what? Wait a second. When I uh, when I was at Duke, recruits, I would start FaceTiming recruits, mm-hmm. and and they, it was just so much better yeah. um, in terms of because they get to see you, they see the facial expressions, they like, and and you're connecting with them like that. Yeah. That connection, and and above everything else that I said about social media, you are connecting with your people, with yeah. people who want to play for you, who want to be around you, who who support your message, who understand w- where you're going. And it opens up so many different avenues um, that brings even, you know, I think a personal sense of happiness because we keep everything in. And again, I said something about like, don't copy and paste a quote, find your own quote, right? Like yeah. find, and you could quote about something, Max Good. I, I knew him at UNLV. He's a former um, college men's basketball coach and much older guy. And he just, he just tweets random stuff about Boston Celtics games. And I just like, that's how I'm following the Boston Celtics. Right. I, I watch Max good. Yeah. Um, I'm the head women's coach at, at Oregon, you know, Kelly, he, he, he posts shoes, mm. you know, like, Hey, these, what shoes should I, should I wear? Or, Hey, I was so glad I was able to see my son, I mean, those different things. And I know a lot of people, there's been some talk, you know, I, I've seen these memes where, you know, a great thing is happening and then you'll always see like everybody with their phone video and then you'll see like the one person not recording and then like the meme will say, you know, sometimes you just have to enjoy life for what it is. Let right. me tell you something. I have forgotten so many things in life that if I didn't have it on video, I would have forgotten right. <laughs> So put your phone up. Like, yeah. come on, you know, and the reason why we don't remember so much is because of the transfer information, social media, everything else. Right. But I went off there on a tangent, Dan. I'm so no, sorry. No, but yes, it all encompasses the same thing. And but so starting to wrap this up, the thing that in terms of either outlook, like we talked about at the start of the conversation or branding, what I'm sort of hearing and I've sort of as you've been talking, I've been thinking about what you've said and what I think I'm going to zero in on, and just want to get your opinion. It seems like things that hold coaches back center around their own insecurities, mm-hmm. whether it's, I don't like my life and this job and where I'm at. Um, that may be an insecurity. I can't do anything. I'm branding. I'm not funny, or I don't know, editing. That's an insecurity. Um, so 
So solve this problem. How do people get over their insecurities in you know in the next you know minute and a half or two? Yeah, it's right. I mean it's hard, but that's really at the center of it, isn't it? It's our insecurity. Like I don't look good on camera. I don't know what to say. I don't like the way my voice sounds. I've heard a lot of coaches say that. Um, I think every coach in the country should have a podcast, right? Because it's free and it's out there. But but again, they're insecure. So yeah. Well, uh, so a few things. So I I started my podcast five years ago. At the final four, I put my MacBook out because I didn't have any of this fancy mm -hmm. microphone. And I said, all right. And it was Brooke Wyckoff, head, head coach at Florida State. I said, we're doing a podcast like right here recording on. And and a lot of this, you just have to jump in no matter how insecure because things will get better. Now, if you at coaches, we are all insecure. We're about someone taking our job. We're about someone has a better play than us. We're about someone getting a better player than us. We're about what this team does, what that team does. Okay. The first thing is. Is that what would you tell your players? Stop worrying about everybody else <laughs> right. and worry about yourself, right? We got to follow the advice we would give others. Right. So that's the first part. The second part of overcoming insecurity is like, wait a second, why do I feel this way? And a lot of head coaches like this, like, I don't like my assistant coach doing that. Okay. As a head coach, why don't I like that? Is it because mm -hmm. it's not been done before? It, why? And usually you find out, I don't even know why I'm insecure about that stuff. So now you're taking those seats. You're being self-aware. You're seeing what's, what's going on. And then I like to say with my kids all the time, guys, you just got to jump in the pool. Like you just got to jump in and, and like, listen, if you've never tweeted before, your first tweet will suck. I just want to tell you, like <laughs> it won't go viral. That's okay. Yeah. Maybe your third, fourth, maybe your 10th, maybe none of it, but you're showing your voice. And you're doing exactly what you would tell your players to do, to put themselves out there, to believe in themselves, and to not worry about what other people are saying or doing. As coaches, we have to try to do that. And when we try to do that every day, we're aware of it, then everything just becomes a little better than it was yesterday. Yeah. So we've been talking to Hernando Planels. Uh, HernandoPlanels.com is the website. Plus, we'll you know you just look up on Instagram or uh, <laughs> Twitter. I mean, it's he's worth the follow um, because uh, you, you know you. I'll, I'll, one of the things you do very well is you take some of those very simple things that you might do during a day. Take the scene where you're at or the 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 place that you're in the middle of, and you make it just a quick little focus of where you are, and you'll center around a thought. And it, 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 it's so simple. Um, every coach can do that, what you're doing. So if they want an example to follow, I think you're a really good example to follow uh, in terms of how to get started and how to not – there's not a lot of crazy editing that you do. No. It's really just you. It's that. It's the face and the smile and the thought, and that's, I think, what people need more of is, is you – uh, the coach that's listening to this, just putting themselves out there and talking and communicating because that's the world that we live in now. It's part of just the ecosystem that we all operate in. Uh, and you do a great job at it, Hernando, which I'm, I'm really thrilled that you were able to jump on and kind of give coaches maybe a new mindset or a new direction um, uh, as they start the new year. So thank you for that. Dan, I appreciate coming on. You know, we've known each other for a while. I yeah. love all the work you do. It's it's amazing everything you're building from your content to your business and everything else. I am so blessed to be on your podcast, man. Thank you so much. College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2022 through 2023. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. 
and do us a solid, Coach. Rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, it wouldn't kill you to tell your fellow coaches about it, would it? So do that, too. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Oh, my God.